Good morning, everyone. Hi. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Wednesday. Oh my gosh, it's hump day. <laughs> it's hump day. Okay, so Leo Kadia, we're saying happy Wednesday. Mm. And it's Wednesday, February 2nd, when we're recording this. Yes. Do we have some been- announcements? <laughs> <laughs> um, the episode is going to drop. Uh, as soon as we're done recording today, it's going to be released today. So we decided, well, one, we're actually back in town. We're both in Kansas City. We're both virtually doing from our own respective places just because our schedules. We're both back in town. And so we're just like, now we can finally make this live as possible without having to pre-record sessions because all the episodes you heard last month or last season were all pre-recorded and obviously marlena was in puerto rico i also was in cameroon so in georgia you were gone away from me for a whole month yes i was gone for a whole month i was there for like christmas new year's and then in the middle of january i went to cameroon and then i came back and now i'm back in kc so it's good to be back (laughs) and which also means that we can have like more consistent episodes like live so we're gonna try to do this uh, together your co-hosts are back your co-hosts are back we're here we will not abandon you guys again (laughs) so um yeah so we're really excited and we're gonna plan we we've been playing with this this is an experiment and a project for everyone involved we're so grateful that we've had guests on our podcast this season, we're going to have um, mm-hmm. a couple of different guests. I've already pre-recorded those, so those will be coming up. But we've decided that we're going to have a consistent podcast recording day, and it's going to be as um, fresh and as up-to-date as possible. So it, we'll have mm-hmm. some current events, and we'll be able to connect with you guys a little bit better. So the day that you that this drops, you'll be fresh. So if you're listening to this 10 years later, um, it'll still be a little dated. But um, for those for those that get dropped, it will be dropped. So um, Leo Kadia, tell us about our theme for this month. So our theme is what's love got to do with it. So it's mm-hmm. February, February 2nd, as we're speaking, okay, as this episode would drop. I could, so I, when I picked the title, I was like, Tina Turner, like I have to do it. Like I love her, <laughs> but, <laughs> but th- this uh, season we're going to be talking about all things of love and not just solely just like relationships. Although I think that'll be like, be a big component, um, like familiar relationships, uh, friendships, things like that. Um, but our theme is going to be focusing on love and how that affects our lives, the like the I was like pros and cons, but everything that encompasses love. And today's episode is specifically we're going to be talking about heartbreak. Um, so, wow, we're keeping it real light. Yeah, we're just diving right. And it was actually kind of funny. I was talking to uh, one of my roommates last night, Eric, and I was like, yeah, our Eric? episode. What Shout about Eric? To Eric. He's one of my favorite people on the planet. <laughs> Eric, Eric is a good one. Eric is a good one. I he's he's a gem. A lot of people say that about Eric. And just in general, I'm just like super thankful that I live with Eric and Dan, the other roommate. He is also a gem. Dan is also one of the smartest people that I know. Eric is one of the most kindest people that I know. So it's like I just live with two great men. So yeah, that's really <laughs> awesome. But um, but I was talking to Eric last night about it, and uh, I was like, "Oh, we're gonna be talking about heart. We're gonna be talking about heartbreak." And he was like, "You heartbreak? You've never experienced heartbreak ever." And I was like, "I know, right? I have no idea what heartbreak is." We we're just like joking, like on and off about it. So you'll hear my like piece when we talk about it, like in a minute, a few few minutes. But uh, we're keeping it intense. We're going to keep it honest and real because that is what we love about this podcast. We keep it honest and real and like it's our own experiences, our own viewpoints, perspective, everything. So, yeah. And I'm really excited that you mentioned that because we have been doing this for two months now uh, pretty consistently and we've gotten some interesting, interesting feedback. Uh, We've gotten feedback. We've gotten really good feedback. We've gotten feedback that has made both of us pause and reevaluate ourselves and our emotions. And I think that's really good because when you do put yourself out there, 
you are putting yourself in a vulnerable situation to have your viewpoint be questioned and have yourself be exposed and vulnerable. So um, we knew that that was part of creating a podcast, Mm -hmm. but we're also excited that it's opening different hearts and minds and um, starting really good conversations. So I'm, I'm glad that even though some people have shared tough feedback, that's been hard for, for, for me to hear. I know that was um, something that happened very early on in in our podcast and then you've also recently had something that kind of gave you pause as well. So we're just, we're excited because we know that we're also here to grow um, and to share our stories. Mm-hmm. So I think, the, I think the good thing about this experience is I'm, I'm someone who I think I have tough skin, but I have very sensitive skin as well. I feel like I have both. So it's definitely taught me and Marilena has like, kind of like taught me in the process too, of just like, I mean, if you put yourself out there, you're like open to criticism and I don't take criticism well. That's something I'm definitely trying to work on. So it's also me learning to be like, if I state my viewpoint and I believe my viewpoint, like I feel like as long as I say my viewpoint in a way that's like kind and loving and coming from my own personal, well, kind of loving the sense of like, wait, are you clapping for me? I'm very excited. That is uh, a moment of growth for you. Continue oh, on. I interrupted yes. your thought. Oh, okay. No, I was like, did I say something wrong? No, but I mean, like, if I say in a place that's like, coming from a place that's like kind and loving and not malicious and knowing that's my personal experience, then I shouldn't really have, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have anything to regret because it's coming from a place of this is my experience and I don't want to like put down anybody um, so it's something that like Marlon says, it's a moment of growth for me. I'm still growing in that aspect, <laughs> but, uh, but I don't, yeah. So we just kind of yeah. got off feedback and we're just learning how to like navigate that. Yeah. I was, um, I was swimming cause I swim a lot. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I've been swimming recently. <clears throat> <clears throat> Sorry. I've been swimming recently and, um, I was thinking as I was swimming, you know, one, two, three, four, breath. Um, Just because something uh, takes, like, so just because something or someone receives something negatively does not take away from its goodness. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I really was really focusing on this, like, something could be really good and still hurt someone right that's that's true that's true and experiences can be different for every person and that doesn't take away like my experience with something does not take away another person's experience with it Mm -hmm. and so just really diving into that so yeah well that was just my little piece for the day that's true. We want to. We just wanted to share that. But we also like thank everybody for like listening, tuning in. It's really for me. It's like really exciting when like I hear like my a lot of my friends listen to it and they come up to me and they go like, "Oh my gosh!" Like I really like this episode. Like I do have my one of my friends Ozo. Um, I love her to death. I'm giving her a shout out. Uh, every time a new episode drops or whatever, she sees me. For her, it's like getting the tea on my life is how she like views it. <laughs> so she'll come up to me like I was at a, it was like December and she was at a party that I hosted and she was like, yeah, so like explain this to me. And for a bit, I was like, I never told you this. And she's like, oh, I heard all your podcast. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> so like it's her way of showing that she's keeping up to date, which is really great. Um, so just shout out to her, but also just shout out to everyone who's like listening. It's 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 really great that you five time to listen to two girls talk about their experiences so just dive in oh my gosh uh heartbreak okay I feel like I didn't like really prepare notes for this so this is just gonna be like me honestly just like raw um I feel see heartbreak can come in different ways I think we most consistently think of romantic relationships and heartbreak and dealing with that like I know for instance I I had I had a breakup that happened like a year ago that was like really bad um but I think 
Uh, and I can always dive into that if y'all care to hear. Um, but I feel like another heartbreak that people don't, I think, talk about as much is familial heartbreak, family heartbreak. And for me, I think that is the worst type of heartbreak because that is someone who is supposed to like, who is your blood or like raised you or part of your family life. Um, And I know for me, I always kind of say this like, oh, my first heartbreak was with my dad, which I was going to sound like really like morbid, like going in. But my dad left me when I was 12. Was I 12? I was 12. Yeah, I was 12. Um, and for me, that was just like how to receive love. I think how to receive love, like how to respect um, yourself enough. I feel me society of love and that's like, yeah. usually as girls, like your first sense. like, like love, they're your first like protector, your father, right? And that's supposed to that teach goes into a whole to, like, thing of women can protect XYZ themselves too. How, like, but in the familial bond, like in the sense of a traditional family, like that's been the father's role traditionally. So, yeah, it makes sense. Right, right. And so when that happened, when I was like 12, I didn't fully register what was happening when he had left. But I knew actually, you know, I registered a lot of things. And when I left, I like realized, but there was a whole like lead up to it in terms of like my parent, my parents marriage wasn't going so well, it was, it was better that he left in the long run, right? Like looking back, it's like, oh, it's great that he actually left. But when you experience something like that at a very young age, especially when you're still like growing at this point, I was like, fifth grade entering middle school right middle school is such like a formative time where like you're starting to like realize things about yourself you're starting to like realize your body friendships like the click and like things like that and like to not and to go through that at home and to go through this formative like age at school was like really like earth shattering because the thing about him leaving was it really did affect the like the rest of our lives in terms of like finance just everything uh even like my relationship with like my family I feel like a lot of it was like uh there was a period of time where it was a little like broken just because of what happened but like when it comes to I think the thing that's most triggering about it is that it definitely has affected my other relationships that I've had like after that and like my viewpoint on men my viewpoint on relationships my viewpoint on trust and so for me that's like the biggest heartbreak I'll ever have because my dad is someone who's supposed to like protect me and love me and like you know be, like, for sure be definitely okay. you don't have that at a young age and you don't have that type of guidance as well you tend to be like oh, I hope everyone and everything loves me, which can be a very toxic space to go into, right? Because you're trying to receive love from all of these different spaces. And I feel also with my relationship with men, it definitely, I definitely have a bunch of like trust Mm -hmm. issues. And I also like, I don't want to try to say, just like trust issues. And also I... Right. No, well, for sure. <clears throat> and that's why I'm grateful. I'm grateful for well, Eric and Dan in your life because I think that they've shown like, you like a lot of really good fraternal like, anyone love. Else could, like, leave you me. know, and that that like all the men in my life, my dad are like the same. Right. But like, but like. That is true, actually, because I actually I will say this when I when me, Eric and Dan were like preparing to like move mm-hmm. in together, um, we did get a bit. I actually I should say I I did get a bit of backlash from some peers because they're kind of like, oh, you're moving in with like two men like, oh, that is like weird and whatever. And I was like, Eric, I'm like, Eric Dan is strictly platonic you did <laughs> like you did and I remember strictly platonic and, and also like, Eric Dad, 
She's they an could adult. Never hurt me. And I'm she not can make her own decisions. And I backed off. Like, I didn't even tell you that, right? Like someone. I had friends so talking to like, us about it. Fine. So I, I did like, get you need, backlash. Oh, you didn't I know that? Say I, oh yeah, we had we had mutual friends saying you need to advise her to not do that. And I and I said she's an adult. She can make her own decision. I'll tell you offline who it is. Uh-huh. Oh really? I did. I did not know this. No, I didn't know this. Oh, okay. After this, after this, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I, yeah, so I didn't know that, but I did get a lot of backlash. But I think Lou of Eric and Dan has been like the best decision ever because one, I love them, but also they're two great men, and they have shown me, hey, like obviously it's platonic and fraternal, but mm-hmm. it's like, hey, I can like love you and respect you. I believe you have all this self worth. They like, they're really good to me, and like. I mm-hmm. think living with them has like changed my perspective a lot of like men just because yeah. they're like two healthy men in my life that I live with and has shown me that like and also like they're both like not religious but no I see, like, it's um God through it's them cool in the sense so of, like I totally get it me, and hey, heartbreak live, is yeah, hard I love you um, so much like I think we think about heartbreak in life so when we think about heartbreak we think yeah, about I feel like, like <laughs> that's said, my like, spiel a lot of <laughs> these romantic relationships but I wanted to start kind of my my take on heartbreak from a perspective of defining heartbreak so the Oxford Dictionary defines heartbreak as crushing grief anguish or distress so overwhelming distress suffering unhappiness misery sorrow and sadness um (laughs) And it's so funny because if someone were to ask me, when was the first time you experienced heartbreak? I think my answer would be very similar to yours. Um, it was when dad left. Um, and for me, the story of when my dad left, like it wasn't like you, like you, it wasn't a healthy household. Um, but I remember retelling the story. My dad left when I was six. So I remember retelling this story at like a family party with like my aunt and um, it was probably like 12 and it was, you know, just normal. And like, to me, it was an experience that was very raw and very real. And I remember just being in a very safe place. I was, it happened to be that I was in Puerto Rico. So um, because I always feel safest and at my best when I'm there. Um. And I remember sharing the story of my memory, of my last memory of my father living in the house. And I still can't share mm-hmm. that story without crying. So I'm not going to share it today. Um, it's been over. T- yeah, it's been over 20 years and the grief, the heartbreak is still the same. Um, and I, I mean, I've gone through there before it. But mm-hmm. to me, when yeah, I, I realized share my story that was a moment I, I, of like extreme pain, because I was this was I was in fourth grade when I shared this story. I saw the reaction of the adults. I was sharing the story with my grandmother, and I was sharing this story with um, my great aunt. I was in their kitchen. Just to me, I was just sharing my truth, like I do. This is my nature, right? And. I'm sharing my story and the adults around me are crying. The adults around me were also hurt by the story. My grandmother had never heard the story. Um, well, cause like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there was no safe places for me to share, right? Growing up, like, there, like mom was in a safe place. School was in a safe place. Um, and so that is when I realized that oh, what yeah. I had experienced was one real and two, right. something that I should mm-hmm. not have experienced in that moment. Mm-hmm. And that I was too young to understand the gravity of the situation. And so um, whenever I think about heartbreak, and I've, since then, I don't think that I had my heart broken romantically mm-hmm. until I was about 28, um, 27. And... Mm-hmm. Um, I'm realizing that a lot of my heartbreaks have been with experiences where 
expectations haven't been met, right? And I remember um, realizing that the grief, distress, and like suffering that I've endured have probably been in relationships where um, either working relationships where I've realized like I'm no longer wanted here or I'm not valued and realizing that those relationships are equally important to recover from. Uh, let me explain myself. Like um, at work, you are giving yourself 100%, right? So whatever your tasks are. And at some point, like you become disvalued or someone becomes disinterested or disengaged or et cetera. And it gets to a point where it's causing you so much suffering. And this is interesting because I think we can see this in heartbreak from any kind of relationship. You can see it with, mm-hmm. in our cases, our fathers. You could see it in the case of relationships that we've both been in. Um, we start to see the, the deterioration and the suffering and the hope that you still have in those relationships, right? So, like, I think there's like a there's like a timeline of this. Like, I, you know, I just met your mom yesterday on the phone for the first time, and um, you start seeing how relationships have a cadence, right? Mm-hmm. And. Mm-hmm. Not every relationship lasts forever, and it's okay to grieve those relationships. But the question is, what do you do when that relationship is destroyed? Mm-hmm. And I, that word's really hard, like really hard to muster. But that's what ha- like it's a can. So it's like it's good, it's going great. Then something happens where you're unsettled, and like your brain is telling you, like this isn't good, right? And you're beginning to grieve that, like, you're beginning to grieve that loss. And you're beginning to understand that, uh-oh, this isn't going in a good direction. And yet, something holds us there. And we begin to live right, with that uh-huh. suffering. Mm-hmm. And so, heartbreak, I don't think, happens overnight. Um, I think there's, like, a cadence to the relationships that we have within ourselves. And you can see that cadence um, in everything you could see it. I mean, we saw it in our mm-hmm. parents and marriage, right? Like both of us were way too young to understand. I was definitely way too young. Um, I think that it, that event, I was already a mature adult. Like I was already a mature child, but it caused me to, you know, adult, it caused me to mature a lot quicker. Um, as eldest daughter, right. Mm-hmm. Both of us are the eldest daughter. Um, mm-hmm. I, one of my roles is that I don't put other people's dirt out there, but I was right doing no. things at seven and oh, 10 same. years old that no child should be doing. And that's like I the immigrant 40. story, right? That right? But that's now. not <laughs> unique to me, not unique to you. Um, but it's definitely a story that happens. Um, so yeah, so this heartbreak and this cadence and realizing that I think when we talk about heartbreak for me, Mm -hmm. there has been two moments where I've literally felt the rug get pulled out from under me and my breath like taken away, like, like feeling every, every sense of air, like I couldn't breathe. Right. And I think that when you think about heartbreak, like the movies teach us, like, that's what happens. And like your whole life shatters. And I think that with my dad, I was expecting that. And it wasn't me. And I knew to understand that it wasn't me in that moment. Super mature, like to know that he was divorcing my mother and not me. Um, but the last two experiences that I've had with heartbreak, like this cadence happened. And yet, I think part of the human nature is to hope in goodness of people. And with my last 
So my last two heartbreaks that I that I could think about where I actually felt the wind knocked out of me were a bad relationship that I was in. And everybody kind of saw it. Mm-hmm. I saw it. Mm-hmm. But I remember the day where I was just like, I'm done. Like this isn't this isn't how I want to live anymore. And it was kind of something like snaps you out of it. So although we see heartbreak as like really bad and you do lose trust and you do suffer immensely, I want to talk Mm -hmm. about, and I'm going to ask you about the flip side of like how to deal once your heart has been broken, right? Like how do we recuperate from this immense loss, this immense grief. For me, my second heartbreak was actually from work. Um, I was working when we started this podcast at a great place. I loved my job. My relationship with my coworkers was not the greatest. Um, And I was in a pretty bad spot, like mentally, emotionally. And I think that my health was deteriorating Um, and people around me noticed it. And it wasn't until we had those hard conversations and I was told not to come back the next day to work that, that Mm -hmm. I couldn't deal, like I couldn't deal with the reality that this was actually something that was taken away from me. And I think when we think about heartbreak, Mm -hmm. we realize like, I think that what we really realize is that the heartbreak and the misery is going to stop. And although it's like really sad and intense in that moment, for me, for me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I'll stop talking here, but for me, it's like the joy and the rebirth and the love, the self, the self-realization that comes after it that I think I want to mm-hmm, focus on. Mm-hmm. So how do you love after these intense moments of loss? Mm-hmm. So, okay, so I'm going to say from two different perspectives, I feel like I'm going to talk about uh, like heartbreak from my dad. And then the most recent one was the last relationship I was in. Um, I feel like from my dad that. So like, looking back now as like a 25 year old, him leaving was the okay, I, I don't want to say was the best thing ever but him not being in my life I think there's more pros than cons in the sense of yes it was hard afterwards but he was a very is a very toxic man and my family could not put up with that any longer now there's a lot of cons that is not relevant to this episode but with that being said recovering after him leaving for me personally, it was actually like a many, many years process. To be quite honest, I never processed him leaving until last year or last year and a half ago. And that is coming from me being in a different place in my life, living on my own fully for the first time and being like a full functioning adult that I fully realized and comprehended I have a lot of baggage Mm -hmm. and a lot of things that I need to go through and fix and then also in the relationships that I have been I have seen the result of that toxic peer in my life come forth so for me when I the act of processing it is like one I've I've just gone to therapy right that that is something that you just gotta go therapy for personally if it's that much baggage that much like dealing with um but in terms of processing it and seeing the light and the 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 hope from it 
So I think in general, I will say like, I'm a pretty positive person in general. I always try to see like the good of people anyway. So, and I always try to see like the upside and everything that um, I do. So for me, family is super important knowing that I have my mom, my sister and my brother, they're both younger than me. I'm the oldest, uh, still around and with me we just have this unspeakable bond of yeah we've gone through this experience through this like trauma but we're gonna stick through it together honestly that has helped me recover and i'm saying this in a place where i have a pretty good relationship with them and we as we all know like we're catholic um so i don't know why i say like as you know but uh prayer really helps us knowing that there's something greater than us helps keep things yeah in focus i'm gonna give you some pushback the right there like because i'm very reason, much in the camp that like but as a prayer can't fix everything like 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 faith can that that there's a purpose for things right life. yeah like i'm very Which, much of the fact know, like uh-huh i even hate saying like i'm gonna pray for you on that <laughs> right like i for me especially with heartbreak right like no and this is this it's, is me kind of playing double How can you find right? hope when everything that you knew and everything that you believed and all of your hopes that you had have been taken away? Right? Like where where do you find that hope as a person? Like how do you pick yourself up back from your bootstraps? And maybe this is something that I'm still figuring out, right? And I've done it counted countless of times. Practically, yes, prayer for sure, one hundred and ten percent pray, because sometimes that's the only thing you can do, even as a person. Like that's that's the only thing you have left. Mm-hmm. But what happens when you can't pray? When the pain is so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. I feel for me, so I've gone through that too, where like, I guess going into And that's why you're really happy. And that's why you're really happy that the Chiefs aren't going to the Super Bowl. There was like, I I really went to depression. (laughs) I wasn't praying. I was like slacking. That was a time period where I was like, yeah, I wasn't really praying. I was like, this is awful. This is the worst thing ever. But no, she doesn't like the Chiefs because her ex used to work for them. We can say that. I'll be honest. Yeah, I'll be honest. Like, I, we were, like, really sad. Sorry, like, I I should, like, I'm not going to drop any names or whatever. But I will say. My ex used to work for the. That's true. We used to, my ex used to work for the Chiefs. And I will say this. When I did have that breakup, it happened, like, a week or two before last year's Super Bowl. And I. I actually like went back so, to Atlanta. So you're to saying avoid like one of the ways Kansas that you City that you deal with heartbreak is being petty. Not great. Gonna lie, I'm glad we're I'm glad we're getting lost. I I kind of was like fuck you. <laughs> I like I this is like, gonna sound really mean, but about I that, was like right? pretty like, there's happy something about there's something about, about taking ownership and saying like you know what <laughs> I'm gonna go to Atlanta and you know what I hope your team that's true. Never mind the fact that you that you were um, so, wishing so bad karma up. on a whole city that did nothing to you. There is. But did it <laughs> That's Honestly, I wanna say this. It was God's vengeance. That's how I put it. I was like, that's why I say it. I was like, because you went out and did that thing. No, but which it, I don't need to tell true. the like, story and, here, but a, y'all let me tell you. And, right? like, it, I, was I think I'm, it was bad. It was bad the way I have So I was like, this is God's vengeance. I really do. But back to what I was saying before, but there was besides a moment, being petty, it's true. I'd be like, my oh, last positive. heartbreak, like, yeah, I am a petty work related. But I will say, I don't think that, I think the only person that's ever broken my heart, like a boyfriend, has been that guy. Mostly because of my own, I don't let people get too close, but um, there's just like this level of like, I just, I hope that you have lukewarm coffee and I hope that 
your headphones are short and I hope that you just have a zipper issue every day of your life. Like just little inconveniences that um, just make you happy. I mean, that's also true. Also, I know for me, I like to think I'm the best thing that happens to everyone that whose life I enter. So this is me being cocky. So I'm also like, that's your loss, you know? But um, I feel like going back to what I said about prayer, I think for me, I will say this, I think to like kind of go to what you said. First of all, prayer and action. I just want to say that. I am a big like prayer and action. Look, action, you got you got to put that in. You can't see me, but I'm trying to put like the second finger and be like, yes, action, the second thing. Um, but I'm someone who I, personally for me, I'm someone who like hopes. I hope against hope. And for me, having... And obviously not everyone is religious or believes in a higher power. So like, I cannot speak for everyone, nor I'm saying you should, like, I can't speak for everyone. But for me, as someone who believes in a God and a higher power, it helps me to know that even if I'm down, if I'm not praying, there is still someone watching out for me and still looking for the best for me and is trying to do something with my life. So even if I'm not actually praying mm -hmm. or even if it's hard or even I'm being like a petty like human being, it's just the hope and knowledge that there is someone out there for me helps me especially in a lot of moments in my life where I've been rejected either by my dad, maybe by an ex, maybe by like a friend, having that hope. And I'm not saying that that is easy. And there are days where I'm just like, I don't understand. But that is what personally keeps me going. Mm -hmm. And then also at the same time, I feel another <sighs> much to the detriment to recover and find the hope especially after my last I said much to the detriment was of, of us introverts really that are in your family in your life and, and in your circle I'm someone who's an extrovert so what I've learned especially through the last heartbreak is like I <laughs> of who That's true. All the introverts in my life are like, this is too much. But I'm just like, yes, this is great. But for me, like, I I have to be surrounded. <laughs> I have to be surrounded by people. And, like, I need my space, yes. But the best way for me to cope and the best way for me to still see goodness and see positivity is, like, to be surrounded by people who love me and care for me. And that is what happened, especially in my last heartbreak. Like, I was in my room for months, so that was really bad. So I learned I should never do that again. But once I got out of my room and was still, like, grieving, like, the amount of people who I was surrounded by, who, like, cared for me, who, like, watched over me. As an extrovert, that's something that's, like, super important. Um, So I don't, like, get into my head and get into my space. So that's how I deal with heartbreak being surrounded by people and just mm. like having this like hope mm -hmm. against hope that there is someone who loves me and like cares for me because also when you go through any type of heartbreak you kind of get into this like space of like denying your self-worth and you think you're not worthy and mm -hmm. you think there's something wrong with you and you think all these negative things about you I think that's the thing right like that may not be true. You may be the baddest motherfucker in this entire world, but all of a sudden, like, the heartbreak, like, really twists your mind and makes you think all these negative things. So, like, for me to, like, at least have that knowledge, like, hey, someone may think this way about me or maybe I'm thinking this way about me, but there's someone, for me, out there, higher, at least friends who, like, think otherwise. Yeah. And I think you need to, Ellie, you need to have no, someone. No, for sure. I, you know, environment it's really interesting because... That there's like a lot you because there's a lot true, of levels right? to, but like, to like experiencing space, grief because like, at the end of the day that's like, all hard right so it's experiencing how I, grief and I remember I part of the reason you were in Cameroon was because you were going to bury your grandfather who was like apparently like the baddest motherfucker who ever lived mm-hmm 
Right. You wait. Pause. Your grandma. I'm gonna tell you, George called Jabu. I'm gonna shout that man. Let me tell you, I wanted to be like my that grand- man when I was since I was young. I was my like, grandfather's like name is Jorge. You know, and when uh-huh. he died, I was shook because the man was like, yeah, on paper he's like ninety something. Uh-huh. <laughs> or, or those uh-huh. are just popular George, names when our grandpa when our grandfathers were children. Your grandfather's name George too. <laughs> Oh I, gosh, you know what's so funny? You know what I love together. about the combination <gasps> of who we George are? George. You're like, George George! Ah, hearts, sunshines, rainbows, butterflies! And I'm just like, I'm like, yeah. That could also be true, but I like to think otherwise. <laughs> we do. Yes, yes. So, yeah. <laughs> and see, and you know what's great? I think we need we need each other that way. I need to like be like, hey, positivity, yes. And then you need to like put me down on earth and be like, okay, Lilipedia, I get that, but you know. So. <laughs> but yeah. no, yeah. So my my grand my grandpa died, which is why uh the main reason why I went to Cameroon. Um, you can tell my voice. Like, yeah. I sound whenever I tell people about it, I sound so chill. I'm still grieving. Well, I mean, so right? like, don't it's let a this, grief like, and a loss, right? And I was just thinking you. about seeing um, you. I've, but, I've witnessed you go through uh, you know, several is, different now that kinds of grieving, right? Like just because, um, which I didn't realize. Watching until you evolve into this adult actually. relationship and acknowledging the adult relationship you have with like your past child and that whole thing with your father, um, and also like seeing your last mm-hmm. emotion uh, relationship with. Um, this man who will not with chief's boy because mm-hmm. he's not a man um and then also seeing like how you how like i think i was shit like i i emoted more when i found out that your granddad died than i've seen you emote like i know that you've had mm-hmm. your own way of processing your emotions yeah, um but i remember like I knew, like, as a good sister, a good friend, I was like, she needs to be with someone. So I, I was like, come to the house, there's food, there's wine, and just sit with us. And, like, oh, yeah, 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 I remember that. Diego, yeah, Diego did treat us both to dinner that day, at lunch that day. Shout out to mm-hmm. Diego. And, you, and you and Diego also uh, took me out to lunch after um, we went to uh, Mass. You know, he, Diego is, to, yeah. like, to which me, was, the relationship really that good, I have with was, Diego, mm-hmm. I think, is very similar. The relationship that you have with Eric and Dan, like, um, my friend Diego and my friend Tyler have I both given man. me a lot of love <laughs> and a lot of emotional support to understanding like the grief that I've experienced in my life. And I would say that it, it's mm-hmm. mutual. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, like there's steps, right. And like your initial step is like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. Like, that's kind of like how your MO is. Whereas my MO is to be like, how the fuck did I not calculate this was going to happen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, mine mm-hmm. is like, I did the math. I only take calculated risks. And how in the fuck did this actually <laughs> Like, what variable <laughs> got messed me. up I'm just like, for me to be in this situation? <laughs> right? And, like, it's it's initial, like, straight-up anger, and then it's petty. Right? Like, um, I remember... There was two songs. I, I don't know. Do you also use music when you're dealing with grief and heartbreak? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was really bad. Oh yeah. Oh, let me let me tell you right now. Let me tell you right now. 
my Spotify uh rewind rewind whatever of the last it's year. So funny, I'm Let trying to tell find you, to see the words. You could um, tell that I went what, through so something. So one of the songs Let that I you, played ooh, on repeat Taylor, Taylor, the Taylor last Swift. time I was in like a funk. That's a blessing from God, right? Um, I'm not sure if anybody you. knows she this. It might shock people that I listen to this. But it's called Baby Blue by Action Brosen. Have you heard? Have you? Do you know the song at all? Okay, it's like so. It's featured Chance the Rapper is the featured artist <laughs> from 2015. Okay. And I'm just gonna read. Yeah, I'm just gonna read you one of the lines. I hope your soda. Every okay, soda you ooh, drink. Okay, so already. I love that. I hope your dreams dry like a raisin in the baking sun. Okay. I hope your titties all saggy in your early 20s. I hope there's always snow in your... I hope there's always snow in your driveway. I hope you never get off Fridays and you work at a Fridays that's always busy on Fridays. So, I mean, it keeps going. Uh. I like... I hope you lose your charger. Like, it's just, it's these little inconveniences. And that's kind of how I feel when I'm in a breakup. Like, when I'm in this moment of, like, heartbreak. Or this moment, I'm just like, I don't want you to die. But if you had GI issues at a red light every single way on your way home, I wouldn't mind. Okay, I also just kind of want to say, I feel like you're, like, petty. For me, I don't want death, but I want, like, a life-changing thing. That's my, that's what I feel. I want a, I want a life-changing thing to happen to you. And you're, like, That's really yeah, funny. That's you should I listen to it that. at some point. That's you know what? I want. I want to just link it. I want a Because that's, if you ever want to feel the extreme, extreme of your pettiness, that. listen to that yeah, song, no, totally and you'll be, that. like, totally absolutely 110%. That song is... But then, like, hilarious. Okay, so we've gone through, okay, feel it, right? Like, I think is one of the things that we talked about. Like, feel it out. You react, like, reacting the way that you're going to react is, I I hate when we talk about reactions as, like, bad reactions or good reactions. Like, reactions are neutral. Yeah, you got to feel that out. Right? Like, Mm -hmm. my reaction is usually, like, oh, this is impossible. The calculations were were not right in this equation. Right? Like, that's mine. Right? Like, that's mine. Like, how did that happen? And then yours is just like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. And then, like, mm-hmm. we end up being in a place where it's just like you surrender to the to the emotion of it. But I, you've moved past it, right? Like, you've, um, you somehow have learned to love again. And I've become more cynical. <laughs> no, I don't think I'm very, I don't think I'm as cynical as I pretend to be. I think that that's one of my defense. I think that's one of my defense mechanisms. Um, but yeah, like what, at what point do you say, okay, what's next? Like, is it a moment that you decide like, just I'm done with the depression, I'm done with the bullshit and just go like, all right, it's time to, here I am, world. Here we are. Or it like. Mhm. Mhm. Like for me, man. You know, here's here's the thing. Here's the thing about me. Um, mm-hmm. so I hold on to emotion. You wear so your heart on your sleeve. Person. And when I mean emotional, I'm not, I don't mean like crying emotional. I mean, like all my emotions do tend to be like extreme. Uh, so like, I'll like, I'll like live in emotion for a bit. Um, in terms, yes, yes. So, you know, it's, it, Okay, for me, actually, actually, let me phrase my thoughts. 
so I'm an emotional person. And so for me, especially with the the last heartbreak, because my dad, that's, you know, that, that look, we still in therapy for that, but you know, we getting better. Um, but with the last like heartbreak that I had felt, it the emotion lasted for months. It was just months of it. But like one day through therapy, I realized one day I did have this like realization after like months of it. It was like, what am I still doing weeping over this human being? Right? Like it, it comes to a point where like as much as an emotional person and like I'm like, oh positive person. Like for me, I was like, oh hoping like, oh, I don't know, whatever. And I guess to a point where it's like, no, you gotta face reality, right? And the reality of the situation is it's done. It's not gonna work. And I also mm. realized for me, for myself, me holding on to this emotion and me dragging this emotion is only causing me more suffering. It's not making mm-hmm. me any better. I'm not any happier it's just causing more grief than like goodness positivity and mm-hmm. I do remember one day I did wake up really and I was like what the fuck am I doing like it's not like I'm not helping myself like I need to one it's, it's just preventing me from being back in reality and being back in the mm-hmm. world and functioning as my full self and one day I was like no wake I up stop mm-hmm. and like it's easy to say stop and then continue with that action but that moment was like I gotta stop and I had made a conscious effort to be like I'm done like I have shit I need to do I have a life I need to live I have different relationships I need to like focus on right like there comes a moment where like mm. I think you do wake up and sometimes it's a slow process sometimes it's like a one day you literally just like do that for me it was like a bam sometimes it could take days months but at some point along the way you wake yeah. up and like you can't live like that so, anymore because yeah. the, the reality situation talking about reality right so I was the talking situation to is my childhood best friend Jessica Right. And there is nothing I, in this world that you can do about it. And if you try to do something about it, sometimes you look like a fool. I, I also have these fears of not being wanted right? and all these. Like, we got, we got, like, put that. they stem from daddy <laughs> issues. Um, but I told her one day, I was like, mm-hmm. you know, Shots it's like, me. I'm not, and I know that my significant other listens to this podcast, and I'm not saying, like, leave me. I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. Like, <laughs> um, but if something like that were to happen, if I were to experience a heartbreak where someone's not in my life anymore, for me, like the 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 most the most like impactful thing that I can think of is like this person leaving mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I'll be okay. Right? Like, you know, like if if God forbid one day you're no longer in my life. I'll be okay. If I get fired or I lose a contract or I lose a million dollars. That's, I think that's. I've been fine before. Mm. I'll be okay. And like, there's just this realization, like you said, like you, the moment you wake up and you're just like. That, that is true. My worth, my, who I am is not contingent on X, Y, or Z. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. it is who I am and what I bring to the table and that doesn't change even though we're in these places of experiencing really strong emotions and really hard heartbreak so like you know me I'm not in the I'm not in the camp of giving people advice mm-hmm. but I ask questions like I'll ask the right questions so like the question is like what is the worst thing that could happen mm-hmm if you don't have a b or c and i think what the worst thing the worst mm-hmm. thing that can happen from my perspective is that you stop being who you're meant to be that is the absolute worst thing that can happen right right I feel like I'm going I feel like I'm going to say this. It's like one of those things where like no matter like what like 
relationships, all relationships impact us, right? They can change us for the good. They can change us for the better. Or maybe they don't change us at all. Maybe it's just neutral. But I feel like one, I'll say this, you, you take what you learn. Each relationship like teaches you something. You learn something from it. And then also kind of going back to saying like, you are fine. It's like, sometimes you say, oh, if I don't have this person in my life or this thing in my life, uh, it's all. Yeah, no. And like, there's also one of those mm -hmm. things where it's like, you were fine. Like I was fine, but like I was me and like, I didn't need you in my life before. And I don't, it's going to sound harsh. Yes. To say, like, I don't need you yeah. in my life if you like leave. Right. Like, but it's like one of those things, but it's like one of these, like, I, I didn't need you before. And like, I don't need you after. I feel that's the thing, like need, like, I don't need you, but like, I want you. Yeah. Right. And like, I think that I that's want, something like, I don't need you in my and life. I think that that's something like, that my significant other, differentiates like, if he, us if from today, women in like, earlier okay, generations, like, I'll be right? Like, because I we don't need him. a man to have, like, we don't need like, a man to have a bank account. We don't need a man to protect us. We don't need a man to help. Like, I don't agree with this, but we don't need to even need a man to have babies. Right? Like science has advanced so much. Right. Right? Like science has advanced so much that we don't even need man to make babies. Like that's a whole nother moral issue that I don't want to get into because that definitely ostracizes a lot of people. But that's, all, that's, that's just true. the reality. Science. Like we don't need men the same way mm -hmm. that we needed them mm -hmm. three, two, three generations ago. Um, so, and this is definitely right. talking about a specific kind of heartbreak, but yeah. Right. Right. And like, yeah. and like, and that's the thing. Right. No, but I think, uh, like, I feel even we, we say specific type of heartbreak, I guess for like that. Um, but also I feel like with like friendships too, right. I think like, for instance, it's like, like, I don't need like, I don't need like Mario Elena in my life. Like if something were to happen and like we weren't friends anymore. I love, okay, I love girl, you. If we weren't friends anymore. I'd be like, I mean, I'll, mm -hmm. I'll grieve, I'll cry, but like at some point I'll be fine. But I want you in my life, right? Because I see the impact you have in my life. I love our friendship. I love what we do together. I just love the bond we have. But like, mm -hmm. I love you too. Right. But like, I think that's, the, but I think that's the thing. Like, like, it's like hard to think about that in that moment, but like, you will be fine. Like, I, I feel like not, things don't last forever, right? And in the sense of like, you could say that like in a, a positive way, negative way, but like, there's a, there's a time limit to all things, I feel. And there is a time limit to feeling grief and heartbreak. You can still feel it, but like, but like it gets better or it gets easier to deal with i yeah. think in my personal experience so and then yeah so let's i think the, the, wrapping the up intense like motion doesn't your, last for like you in these intense moments like last live forever. them live from them learn from them get up and, going. and um, you're gonna be so fine yeah. like realize the badassery that's gonna come out of that right like mm -hmm. and you're gonna be fine it sucks like, and that's, like, I don't give advice, but I just state facts. Like, it sucks, but you'll be okay. Mm -hmm. And it sounds so harsh, but that's just, like, the reality of it. And I want to add this disclaimer to both of our significant others. Don't go breaking up with us because we said we don't need you. Don't do that. <laughs> mm -hmm. <It's> true. <laughs> um, so... No, we're just saying, and I think I've had this conversation no, with no, my no, SO. No, 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 uh, uh, you know, you know, you know exactly um, who you are. You're going to stay right here with me. Uh-uh, you are not going like, anywhere. This desire okay? of, like, uh -uh. being with mm -hmm. another, but mm -hmm. anyway. You come over here, um, like, you say, you know, I don't yeah, need me. Yeah, this is uh -uh. good. I actually have to <laughs> log into work, and I'm sure you do, too. But, um, awesome. Well, any closing remarks? And it's okay that it takes That's what I gotta do. your own time, right? Like, not every, not every.
flower blooms at the same time. It gets better. And that's okay. That's what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. It gets better. It takes time. You got to do what you got to do to just, I think, I think most importantly, Amen. make sure you're, your, so, your mental health is okay, in America. Right? make sure you get the help that you need um and, and you're listening to you people who are around you who love you and support you <laughs> i think that i think that's the three important until things. next time stay hydrated be kind and take your vitamins and i'm leo kadia chwafe be kind be easy y'all this Bye. is otter elema <laughs> And remember to always come as you are. Bye for now. Bye.